97X. Bang! The future of rock and roll. Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode 15. On today's show, the ladies discuss feline sexuality. Stephanie explains theologizing, and Simone delivers another installment of Taco Bell News. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong Good. How are you, Dong Simone? I'm Dong very well, thank you. So, you were on the Lavender Hour last week, which is my favorite podcast, and you and Greg were on it with yes, Duncan we were. and Natasha. Yes. And it made me so happy. I'm I like, glad you enjoyed it. I was it. probably the first person to listen to it because I was just, you know, pouncing on it, like F5ing the page, waiting I for know, the post. You were just waiting because you knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for listening. Yeah, that was really, really weird because I was looking forward to doing it. But it's funny when you're doing somebody else's show. Like it's not when we like when we do our show and I'm all prepared and ready and I know what I'm going to talk about. You're just kind of at the whim of the host of that show. So it wasn't it wasn't as uh, I wasn't as able as able to contribute as much as I as I would have liked because I didn't have my usual usual preparation and I, I wasn't on the necessarily sort of into the same. Uh, so I didn't have much to contribute to the the subject that that Duncan was was bringing up some of the times. You know, because he gets way into his conspiracy theories and I, I i can't say much about that <laughs> stuff so um yeah but um but it was still it was still really uh still really enjoyable and had fun and we had pins cups the whole time which is great so um, but, I'm, but i'm still i'm still glad i did it but um but it's just uh it, it's funny because you really think oh here's i'm gonna you know you know be on the show and put my put myself across in a certain way and then it just doesn't quite work out that way this one guy left a comment that hurt my feelings a bit but i'm over it Aww. he was he, he was referring to me and he said Said, she has a nice accent, but that's it. <laughs> oh, I saw that, but I didn't think that he he was talking about you with that being it. That he was like saying that the whole you know podcast in general, like nicest thing was your accent. And that's no, it. no, because he had what... that in parentheses. He had that in parentheses, what? and that yes, that was enclosed in the parentheses. So it was about me, but that's fine. You know, what whatever. If you heard Dong Tini, he'd know it was a whole other story. So <laughs> fuck you, guy. <laughs> So yeah, so I don't give a shit. But it was fun to do anyway, and you know, they're our friends, so we just had a good time. And uh, um, Natasha's dog is pregnant, the second dog. Did you know this? What? Yes, she got it and she didn't know. She took the dog to get spayed, and the dog, the doctor was, uh, she's pregnant. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, she's got two little puppies. So she's probably raped by a big dog, we just don't know. So, oh my god. Jen yeah, Kirkman it, says that her cat gets raped by the older brother cat, like all the time. <gasps> Its name is Miss Mitty. She goes, Miss Mitty just just lies there and takes it. Oh my god. I would die if Birdsworth raped Marnie. It would just like change my whole way I way I perceive him. You know, he's such a gentleman. <laughs> really hurt my feelings. And Marnie's feelings. I just oh even when he like, you know, uh, has his relationship with the blanket, I just feel like, oh, that's not my son. He's not a sexual creature. <laughs> What's his relationship to the blanket exactly? <laughs> well, you know, and he's like biting it and like kneading it and like doing that motion and then the lipstick is out, you know? Ew. That's the rela- yeah, that's the relationship with the blanket. But, uh, yeah. 
It's just like, you know, he's just like my little boy, and then suddenly he's trying to fuck something, you know? It's just sad. <laughs> but before we move on, so yes, if you'd like to listen to my appearance on the Lavender Hour, it's still very entertaining from all other parties involved, so uh, visit <laughs> LavenderHour.com or on iTunes, and uh, the episode is called Turkington Call. So I liked um, best what you said about... Um, Applebee's, <laughs> the last app reply oh. from Applebee's that you saw on your screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Applebee's had replied to uh, wet pussy. <laughs> oh, awesome. do, you, do you remember what they had replied? Was it something just, you know, serious? It was just something and... really innocuous, something to do with someone complaining about the food or something. I'm really sorry. <laughs> At wet pussy, sorry that happened to you. Please contact our customer service. Something like that. <laughs> Yeah. But Stephanie, you did something interesting yesterday. You went to see a theologian speak. Is this correct? Oh, yeah, I did. He's um, one of my favorite theologians. He's like a Christian pastor. Uh And he's this elderly, you know, (laughs) man with white hair. And he's so darling. And I've loved him for so long. His name's Eugene Peterson. Uh And David actually had him as a professor when David was getting his master's in theology. Oh, so did that help David be awesome? Um, it, it didn't hurt. <laughs> it was good. Like when we met, I just love that he loved this guy because I mean, this guy gets it. He's the antithesis of Christian culture, which is my whole problem. Right. And I actually have a giant quote by him on my blog's page. Like I have a little side page. It's like in general or to sum up or in summary or something. And it's this gigantic, you know, passage by Eugene Peterson about how American Christianity gets it dead wrong in all the cultural nice. aspects. So anyway, uh-huh. I absolutely love him, and I have recurring dreams of being adopted by him. Like, I, I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. And, weird. And this is not anything that David and I would normally go to because it was at a, it's at this um, Christian college here in Seattle called SPU, Seattle Pacific University. Uh-huh. And it's whenever I've been on that campus, it's really hard for me. Like, I feel like I'm covered in itching powder because it is <laughs> a little microcosm of Christian culture right there. And it's, it's physically painful. Like I kind of, I have physical reactions. I have chest pain. It's hard for me to breathe. I feel like I'm like breaking out in a rash. So it's like, like everything these... you've ever written about in your stuff, Christian culture, like, yeah, he's all there. Everything. It's every all post. there. Yeah. And there are lots of good people, but that's the problem is that, the good is obscured by the culture and so that's why I just think I have way too much of an abuse history to even go back onto that campus again because as soon as we got there I'm just like ow my chest hurts you know and and I was waiting for you know it's gigantic auditorium and it's filling up and it was just really hard for me to listen to the people introduce Eugene Peterson because I'm sure they're nice people but they were doing what I call theologizing, which is when you're just kind of <laughs> wanking on about God and this person's godliness. Yeah, she said jizzing his... people like J-I-Z-Z, that kind theologizing. of theologizing. <laughs> <laughs> Not theologizing, theologizing, no. where you're theologizing. just like, it just seems like <clears throat> there's all this kind of self-aggrandizement in it. And, and, and my problem with it, like, because I can understand that people would appreciate this guy like I you know I obviously appreciate the hell out of Eugene Peterson 
Um, but there's just something really unrelational in treating him like a celebrity that right. that bothers me. And, and that's my problem with celebrity even. Like, I've never asked for an autograph because I don't want that because they're a human, you know. And yeah. I don't get pictures with people I meet just because, I mean, I kind of want them. But I'm just afraid of, I don't know, <laughs> seeming like you're up here and I'm down here. But Yeah, yeah. Wait, I did. I did that with Richard Simmons, though. That's and different. He I, loves it. He loves it. He, he is very different. He asked. He the pic- first time I went, he's like, he, are we doing pictures? <laughs> he did ask. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was so excited. Like, no one has ever asked him to take I know. a picture before. And um, I also, the only other person I've met and gotten a picture with is John Worcester. And I told him that, I go, the only other person <laughs> besides you I've asked for a picture with is Richard Simmons. And he did not <laughs> like that. Why not? I don't like well, John you know. Worcester then if he doesn't like that. He should love well, that. You he know, should be honored. Not... He's in the best company imaginable. <laughs> yeah, he didn't see it that way. But he was in the best company imaginable. Come Seriously. On. Richard Simmons and his oily skin. Yes. So we we got to the SPU campus and um, everyone there. And this is my being a, a bitch, like a totally snobby bitch, is that people in Christian culture are like seven years behind style wise. Right. Like they, everything that was cool seven years ago is what they're wearing now. And yep. so there are all these people wearing skinny jeans and V-neck shirts. Are they wearing Von Dutch hats? No, thank God. I didn't see any of those, <laughs> but they're like a lot of, you know, like chest tattoos and um, Tom's shoes. And right. I, I don't know. It's, and it's just me being a cunt, like being annoyed by that, but I am. So anyway, we got up, we got in there and uh, these people are kind of talking and talking and talking and saying about how great Eugene Peterson is. And, and I was just squeezing David's hand really hard. And he's like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Eugene gets up there and he's and he kind of said something like to the effect that, um, I, you know, I don't deserve everything you're saying about me. But, you know, he's just very gracious. And uh-huh. um, so he gets up there and he everything he said is just so beautifully loaded with um kind of the antithesis of what christian culture is and i just don't know because he talks about um about mystery and glory and in how he, he goes he goes what you what we can understand of god isn't what we want you know because uh-huh. it, it, there's so much out there that we can't understand yeah and uh, so i just love that he speaks to that like everything we don't know because my experience of christian culture has been very much black and white here's what you yes. need to do and you need to once you get this and say these words yeah you're going to heaven now you tell everybody else how to like and it it's completely so... takes the faith element out of it which yes. you know because it's they suddenly know claim to know everything so what's where's the faith there's no faith if you know yes Yes, and I feel like Eugene Peterson speaks to that with like so much grace, and and I'm like snarky about it. Like I'm still on this, <laughs> in this place yeah. where I'm angry. I'm angry that I was subjected to that and harmed yeah. by it. And and there's also though a lot of like self-loathing. I think because I used to be those people. Yeah. And so when I look at those people and want to kick them in the crotch, it's like me wanting to go punch myself in the face, and <laughs> go back in time. So, I mean, but how do you all think that, these so. people re- react to the, to this? I mean, are they? Are they hearing what you're hearing or are they hearing um, it somehow affirming what they already think and want to keep thinking? I don't I don't think that it could possibly affirm what they want to hear, but I don't I don't think that they they think too much about um, how much they don't know about God in ways that could be wrong. Well, why don't we go back um, to to you before you when you were first introduced to him? So you used to think like them. Yeah. What, yeah, what did but, you think if you were saying that kind of stuff before when you were, were just so sure and told everything well, black I'm, and white and 
I'm kind of weird because when I, I mean, um, even back then I had this bullshit detector where I would kind of ask questions like when, from when I was really little. So I'm a little bit weird like that. And that's why yeah. I can do my blog. Like I do like, yeah. you know, not everybody can really do that. Like this is just my kind of, just the way I see things. I can see certain things really clearly. Yeah. But, um, I need, I mean, and I would, what I hope I can do is like say it with grace and not be mean about it. But when you call this stuff out, people get mad. They get prickly. Yeah. You know, there was, um, there's an SPU professor that I'm friends with and he's a great guy. I super like him and, um, he's just so kind, but he didn't really, cause I was saying it on my Facebook status, you know, uh, these are extremely painful speakers opening up for this guy and yeah. <laughs> theologies and blah, blah, blah. And he was, he was defensive about it, you know? And he yeah. goes, I've been, I've been helped a lot here. And I'm like, I totally understand that. And, um, I hope you have room for the fact that I've been harmed by it. So it triggers me. And, um, yeah, yeah so that's kind of what we were kind of talking about, but I just remember like the first time someone said something bad about Bono, I felt really defensive on his behalf because, <laughs> because he, yeah. Oh, I love, bon I've looked, I, I've loved so much that he said. I've had biographies on him all through high school. Like I had all these posters of him on my ceiling. Anyway, I just loved him so hard. And, and now like hearing about what he's doing with his offshore accounts, I'm just yeah. like, what is that? Is it yeah. true? Oh, I don't want to believe that could possibly be true. And so I have to have room for Bono to fail me Yes. <laughs> to say it the therapy way. Like I have to give him room to be a dick, yeah. you know, just like, you know, in any relationship, I would need him to give me room to be a dick and not say that's right. it. But <laughs> you know, I, it just comes down to being able to handle you know, the truth, because I had, I guess that means I had him on a pedestal if I'm so defensive about him. Right. Know? So, I mean, that was, so I'm doing all this <laughs> self-reflection while I'm listening to this guy talk. And so on the way out, um, we, we, we left early, like while they were singing, like there were only two black people in the entire place and they were the ones doing the music. No, <laughs> <So> no. <laughs> well, I was like, oh my God, there's actually black people here. And Dave was like, they're either bodyguards or doing the music. And so... They're doing the music. <laughs> we left it. We left during the last song, and so um, by the time we were driving away, everyone was coming out, and so we're stopped at a light, and there's like gazillions of people like pouring out of the stadium, just like after a game or something, and we're listening to Jay Z with tons of cursing, and I, just in like a total fit of preacher's kid brattiness, I rolled down the windows and turned it up loud. <laughs> it's like it's like thumping so loud. It's like fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole if you don't like my lyrics. <laughs> Fast forward. <laughs> David's like, you are such a preacher's kid. So, but it's, I mean, it was, re I'm really glad I went to see him because he's, he kind of just restores my faith in humanity that there's a person right. who, um, like takes God really seriously and takes scripture really seriously. He, he translated um, the message, which is what they call a, a, you know, this translation that came out in like 93 of the Bible where he's, you know, he's a Greek and Hebrew scholar. And he went and translated the entire New Testament in modern day language where uh -huh. there weren't verses. He could, and this is what he always says about the Bible. He's like, it's a story. Like you shouldn't just take one verse and, you know, out of context, you know, because yeah. this was part of a big letter. This is part of a bigger book. You know, you can't, he goes, when you just take it verse by verse, you can make the Bible say whatever you want. Yeah. So that, I mean, I really like that part of him because he like did all this work and went to the original text and like you know, completely took, took him so many years, I think like 13 years or something to translate the entire new Testament from the Greek, wow. you know, into modern day language. Did I tell you about when, um, when my mom 
She was always quoting this line. She's done it for years. Children will rise against their parents in the mm. Bible. And I think she I would always use that like when we were being teenagers and bratty and talking back. She would say, yeah. oh, see, the Bible says children will rise against their parents. And of course, now I'm an adult, but she managed to say it again when she was visiting a few months ago. Oh, dear. And then I went and looked it up. And it's if you look at the parts on either side of it, it's about rising up and killing your parents. And killing like, them, yeah. Yeah, it's not just like saying, <laughs> I hate you, mom. It's a little more serious than that. But, you know, she just took that one part and then I emailed that to her with the surrounding information and she didn't write back. Of course she didn't. <laughs> Well, you know what my mom would always say to us, like when we were teenagers and talking back, she'd go, you'd better be nice to me because the Bible says you reap what you sow. And I would always say, well, what did you sow to reap this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they don't think they think they have kids and that they can just, you know, that we're not going to think that that far. You know, my because the same thing my mom would say, oh, one day your kids will treat you like this. And, and oh, she also hated because my grandma would tell me all the bad things she had done as a child. Oh. She'd get so <laughs> mad. I was like, grandma told me that you used to do this and you were very stubborn and she would just go and argue with my grandma because oh my God. she let the cat out of the bag <laughs> and my mom was just as awful <laughs> oh my gosh can you tell me what your mom did or maybe not she was I mean you know she wasn't like I mean she probably didn't talk back to them but she was very stubborn like she had to have her own way and she'd have tantrums mm -hmm. and just sit in the middle of the floor and just scream until she got her own way like she did that for a long time so it was nothing major, but still, you know, it's exactly yeah. what she was trying to stop us from doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of, I guess that's about my story about Eugene Peterson. I always tell, there's this other, this one other theologian that I love. He's another like 80 year old Episcopalian priest named uh -huh. Robert Farrar Capon. And I always tell David that I want to double team Robert Farrar Capon and Eugene Peterson. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to think about that anyway, but now just you put the theologians in it. There's just nothing sexy about that for the listener. To There's think not about at all. Doing theologians. Oh. Old ones. Old in their ones. 80s. Even if they were young, they don't sound very sensual, but now, you're, now they're in their 80s. Oh, Stephanie. <laughs> I say all kinds of things to gross David out. Well, doing a 180 from that heavy subject, um, I wanted to talk about hickeys on adults. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a complete bunghole at my work, and he's uh, around the age of 30. And <laughs> he came into work last week, and apparently the week before, I didn't, I didn't see this. And he's like, neck is covered in hickeys. And it, I don't We're know. Covered in them, though? Like, how many? I just like, well, just maybe all on one side, you know, Gross. you know, but enough. It wasn't just like one or anything. So, it, but, you know, it just seemed like when I realized that this was happening, I was like, this, this hasn't been something I really had to see in a really long time. What age is Hickey's okay until? It just seemed ridiculous, yeah. especially for someone who really wants to, you know, move up in the company as he does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he thinks there's some red-necked, purple-necked qualification to, you know, become CEO of the company, but uh, he's been misinformed. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe that he's actually showing up without even trying to cover him up. I know. It's, I think it might be that, because I guess when people are younger, like, a hickey's like, hey, I was naked with somebody. But 
when you're 30 and you've had a girlfriend for several years, of course you should be having sex with her. We are not surprised by that fact, you know, but he thinks, I think he thinks he's, you know, showing off to his, to the other guys in the warehouse. (laughs) Gross. But yeah. But what do you think the cutoff age is? I think like 22, you've like peaked it. I think. Visible. Yeah. You better stop before you're out of college. Yeah, that's just and even then I just think of them as such a high school thing. Like I remember being in yeah. high school and, and the slutty girls would have like um, really low cut shirts and then hickeys like on their boobs that they wanted you to see. Oh, my goodness. I just remember being so grossed out by that. Yeah. Yeah. But see, it I'm makes sense jealous. for them because they, if a high school is because they want to, they're trying to project this. Right. Know, the fact that they're sexually active, but a 30 year old. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, that's the only reason that should even be on there. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you had one? Oh, God. I don't remember. They just seem so juvenile. You know, I don't even I know. remember or care. <laughs> I know. I remember um, I was showing, like, Gaz was looking at my tattoo. Uh-huh. And he goes, hey, Danny, come look at this. And he goes, what is that? A love bite? And <laughs> it took me a second. And I was like, no, it's been a long time since I've had one on my leg. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, love bite. Oh, that's what the British people call hickeys. Yeah. I, I guess I have kind of knew them as both. I know two different families with the last name of Hickey. I knew a family whose last name was Seaman. Shut up. S-E-A-M-E-N. Wow. That's yeah, so we get Christmas cards from them growing from up. The from Siemens. the Seamans. <laughs> the Seaman family. Wow. <laughs> that's how we all became families. <laughs> um... Uh, my friend's dad used to work with a woman. I guess she already had her first name, and then she married a guy and took his last name. So she ended up being gay, gay. <laughs> oh, on purpose? Oh my god! Was yeah, it spelled her last like G-A-Y name uh, was G A Y E. Was the last name, but she was gay, gay. Was she trying to be funny? Because I think like I would no. do that, but because yeah, I'm you would do that. Funny. I would do that to be hilarious but i think she just like i'm i'm married i take my husband's name he, my first name is gay and his last name is gay i guess i have to be gay gay wow double gay i remember gay. in third grade there's a boy in my class named zach finger and his mom's name was gay and i just remember then like being eight years old and going i am so glad my name is not gay finger <laughs> 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 I love that so much. Now and I, I still won't friend him on Facebook. Like I still, he gets suggested to me all the time. I don't want to friend him, and I think it has something to do with his mom being named Gay Finger. <laughs> I would thought you would embrace him even more now for that reason. I know. What's my problem? Is he kind of a idiot anyway? Yes. Yeah. So that's probably the real reason. <laughs> Well, I wanted to close out this episode with the next installment of Taco Bell News. Think outside the bun. (laughs) So this week's Taco Bell News. Uh, I'm not even going to uh, read the title because it gives kind of gives away the punchline. Ground beef is not a valid form of identification. Not in Martin <gasps> County, not in Los Angeles, not anywhere. <laughs> a Florida man learned this the hard way when he handed a taco to police officers who asked for his ID. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
was after he had passed out in his car while sitting in the drive through <laughs> lane of a Taco Bell and his engine caught fire. <laughs> in the wee hours of October 1st, after downing several beers, Matthew Faulkner, 30, made a fourth meal run to a Jensen Beach Taco Bell. <laughs> while sitting in his Chevy pickup, he placed his order, received his taco and promptly passed out. What happened next is Buster Keaton meets cops. <laughs> The Miami New Times reports, a deputy awoke Faulkner and then asked for his ID. Faulkner said no before reaching into his bag and presenting the officer with a taco. Oh, did you say he said no? He said no, and then he reached <laughs> into the taco. Another deputy clarified they were asking for an ID, not a taco. Faulkner chuckled and began eating the taco. (laughs) 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 To top it off, Faulkner had fallen asleep with his foot on the accelerator while his truck was in park, causing the engine to catch fire. Faulkner, whose blood alcohol content was between 0.227 and 0.225, three times the legal limit, was booked on DUI charges. (laughs) Wow, that's like a quarter of your blood being alcohol. I know. I love that he was that. that <laughs> I love the way this is written. That it's, it's reaching into his bag, presenting the officer with a taco. <laughs> presenting. Presenting. Oh, that's my favorite. So, I like uh, that it said he chuckled. I know, Chuck. I think you. <laughs> like you just picture him going, "Ha you crazy cops!" and then just taking yes. a big bite. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So, and thus concludes the most recent edition of Taco Bell News. Think outside the bun. (laughs) So on that crunchy note. (laughs) How do you know it was a crunchy taco? I just assumed it was a crunchy taco, I guess. Does Taco Bell even do soft tacos? Yeah. They do? Hmm. That's I, I only get the crunchy kind. I didn't even realize they could not be crunchy until I moved here. The first time I had a, I ordered a taco in San Francisco and I just had this like, I guess it was just a tortilla, like a mound of stuff on it and I didn't understand it. <laughs> so I just used a fork and ate everything off the top. Oh, you poor uncultured Australians. I know. Seriously. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like you're anywhere near Mexico. Of course, you're not going to know. I know. We are so far and the Mexican food that is there is really quite bad. So, yes, so on that uh, in that note, we'll, we'll wrap it up for this week. Please visit us at dongtini.com for any supplementary material. And also, we are on Stitcher Radio now, so you can stream our show on your phone and also on iTunes. Oh, and thank you so much to Mostly Upset for writing us a lovely review on iTunes. It melted our hearts. Thank you so much. So until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye. Bye.